No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see what happened when the prophet Balaam gave King Balak of Moab advice off the record. The lessons learned here are of great significance to the church today. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 25 on Simply the Bible. Fearful, because Israel was mopping up the lands around him, Balak, the king of Moab, hired the prophet Balaam to curse Israel. But instead, the word Balaam received from the Lord was to bless Israel. However, when Balaam was finished uttering his prophecies, he went beyond the word of the Lord and told Balak to send in the Moabite and Midianite women to seduce the men of Israel and lead them into worshiping Baal of Peor. Today we will see that the wicked plot worked and many Israelites would be judged by God as a result. In so doing, the Moabites and Midianites would bring seduction and destruction to the nation of Israel. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 25. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. In those days, immorality and idolatry went hand in hand. The provocative Moabite and Midianite women came into the camp for the sole purpose of seducing the men of Israel. Balak had tried to attack Israel from the outside, but his plan failed. Now he sought to corrupt them from the inside, and this plan worked. The seduction involved eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols, ritual worship of the god Baal, and prostitution. For these men of Israel, the attraction to idolatry was having relations with these sensuous women. But what was attractive to man was an abomination to God. From God's perspective, they had committed adultery against Him. They had committed prostitution with Baal of Peor, and God was as indignant as a husband would be who caught his wife in bed with another man. Verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. The leaders of the people were most responsible. Some of them probably participated in this harlotry. Others simply failed to do anything to stop it. But they were also guilty before God. The offenders would be hung out in the sun as an example to the rest of the camp. The judges were charged with the responsibility of killing the infidels who had joined themselves to Baal of Peor. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never! 
And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. You see, the same thing goes on today. Every time a Christian commits sexual immorality, he or she brings Christ into that illicit, unclean act, and God views it as spiritual adultery against him. As severe as this execution of the perpetrators seems to us, it was necessary to turn away the wrath of God. Without this swift and severe response, many more people would have perished. We are a culture that protects the rights of individuals to self-expression, no matter how flagrantly immoral that may be. Yet at the same time, we neglect righteousness and salvation. With such cultural license being widely accepted, how many people remain slaves to their sins and hell-bound? In addition, when we fail to judge sin by at least calling it out for what it is, then we invite the wrath of God. Verse 6, And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. This was an audacious and flagrant expression of rebellion. It was especially poignant because the people were mourning the death of those who had been executed at the same time as this man brazenly brought a Midianite woman into his tent. This was too much for Phinehas, the grandson of Aaron. He took a javelin and thrust it through the man and the woman, killing them both in righteous indignation. Once again, this action seems severe to us, but it stopped a plague among the children of Israel, but not before 24,000 of them had already perished. Sometimes the severe surgery of an organ or limb is necessary to save the entire body. Verse 10, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel, because he was zealous with my zeal among them, so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. It is interesting how the word zeal is repeated in verse 11. It was because of the zeal of Phinehas that God did not consume the children of Israel in his zeal. Phinehas shared in the same zeal as the Lord. I wonder how many people do you know who share the Lord's zeal? Now, Phinehas was commendable before God because he made atonement for the nation by turning away the wrath of God 
and stopping the plague. The result was that God made a covenant of peace with Phinehas and his descendants. They would receive the priesthood because he made peace with God on behalf of Israel. Phinehas and his family would enjoy the peace of God as an everlasting covenant. Often corruption must be judged severely before we can enjoy real peace. Now the name of the Israelite who was killed, who was killed with the Midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, a leader of a father's house among the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman who was killed was Cosby, the daughter of Zur. He was a head of the people of a father's house in Midian. Now these two became renowned, but at what great cost? It is interesting that the woman to whom Zimri was attracted was named Cosby, which means my lie. And what a deception that this was. Isn't that the way sin is? It promises pleasure, but delivers pain. These two managed to get a listing in the word of God and are forever remembered but they are remembered in the negative sense. I think about what people do in order to get into the news. For example, those that go on a killing rampage in a school or some other public place. They get their name in the news, but at what cost? I would much rather be a nobody and be beloved of God than to commit evil and gain human recognition. That kind of fame ultimately brings great pain. And not only did it affect Zimri and Cosby, but also their parents. This is the tragedy when young people go astray. It breaks the hearts of their parents. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, harass the Midianites and attack them. For they harassed you with their schemes by which they seduced you in the matter of Peor, in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of a leader of Midian, their sister, who was killed in the day of the plague because of Peor. So God wanted them to take vengeance against the Midianites, whom they probably would have left alone had it not been for this incident. The Midianites were descendants of Abraham through his concubine Keturah. And we will see later that they also took vengeance against Balaam, the son of Beor, the one who had given this evil advice to the king of Moab. We read about this in Joshua 13, 22, that the children of Israel also killed with the sword Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, among those who were killed by them. The reason Balaam did this was that he was covetous for the reward that Balak offered. But again, at what great price? Balaam was a notorious character who is mentioned three times in the New Testament by Peter, by Jude, and finally by Jesus in the book of Revelation. For he said to the church of Pergamos, I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. You see, the sad thing is, is that this is still going on today. There are many people who are buying the lie of Balaam, that they can indulge in sexual sin with impunity. But the problem is, is that it's really 
adultery against God and will bring great harm to them personally. Those who have thought that they were the exception later come to the realization with tears and understand that their seduction has brought destruction, not only to them, but to those whom they love. May God help us to learn this lesson from Balaam, not to seek the rewards of unrighteousness. And may we also learn the lesson of Israel that yielding to our fleshly appetites not only destroys ourselves, but also those whom we love, and it breaks the heart of our God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we'll look at the second census of Israel taken by Moses and Eliezer before the people crossed the Jordan River and entered the Promised Land. Not only was this a second census, but also a second chance. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 